So this is our second special we've done for the yeah. show where we uh, have watched a new Star Trek thing in its entirety and uh, as it came out and do a in-context kind of discussion of the whole thing yeah, before true. before we add the uh, the episodes to uh, before we add the episodes to like the our, our big random number generator to be talked about in in depth individually uh, but for the last time when we did this for Picard season one uh, we did it uh, so it would come out like right after the last episode which is basically what we're doing for this time too so the last episode came out on Thursday the 8th and this is going to go out on Sunday the 8th, the 11th um, which means that unlike most of our shows where we uh, record them way in advance and then anything we talk about is all yeah, that's the true. Kind of, we're actually comes out saying things that are timely yeah well and so that's so all that to say is that there actually is a little bit of uh, Star Trek news that came out like the day or two after, or maybe even the day that Lower Decks finished, uh, finished airing that we should talk about uh, because it, it's, it's a, it's a relevant new piece of Star Trek news related to animated Star Trek series. Uh, so have you, have you heard about this? I, I purposely didn't text I you. I don't in case know you that I have. No. Very... Okay. So we, we've talked about before how they were working on a, how like the Star Trek folks, somebody is working on a CG animated show for uh, Nickelodeon, right? We've, we've we've talked about that a little bit. Yeah, I think it's, we've we've mentioned it once or twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that show is called Star Trek Prodigy, and I'm not sure if this is the new if this is new information or not. But Star Trek Prodigy is going to be basically about a bunch of kids who find like an old abandoned uh, Starfleet ship and use it to go out and like do good and and stuff like that, you know. Hmm. And but the big news that dropped is that one of the main cast members, kind of the mentor figure for this group of kids, is from what it sounds like, is going to be Captain Janeway, played by Kate Mulgrew. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, cool. I got very I got very excited about that. It's, yeah, it's, for sure. I feel like uh, you know you kind of see this this sort of thing. I feel like a lot in in like legacy entertainment where uh, something might not be super well liked in the fandom at the time and then the, but then the people who did kind of grow up liking it uh sort of redeem it in the next the next generation no <laughs> pun intended sure and uh yeah that at know, the time everyone like, was like ugh voyager and now yeah and now the people I, yeah, I feel who like... were like watching it on t- or at least the sort of the generation like you said that were watching it on tv when it was coming out um, is like Voyager is actually a really good show a lot of the time. Yeah, and yeah, I I definitely feel like even you know before I started really getting into Star Trek and just kind of knowing a little bit about all the series, like people kind of being like Voyager is is it's like not the bad one because Enterprise is the bad one, <laughs> and then Voyager is just kind of the one that's just kind of like meh, you know, and. Uh, yeah, I do feel like the attitude is changing. I feel like I see, honestly, I probably feel like among people in our generation, I probably see more people who like Voyager than than do DS9. I think people who are a little bit older than us, I think probably prefer DS9 still. But uh, but yeah, I think you're starting to see that though, you know, with uh, obviously Seven comes back uh, in Picard and um, and now Janeway's coming back for this, uh, which is, it's it, you know, it's funny too, because it is, I def- think definitely kind of, I think something we'll probably talk about a little bit 
uh, in this discussion today, but uh, this is one of the the advantages of animation is that you can kind of, you know, you can continue to have these people voice these characters even in you know what might be the prime of their their lives even if they're a little yeah, bit older just be- because of the, the animation element of it you know I, I'm, I'm not sure when prodigy is going to be set but uh i i mean i i thought i think that this that the lower decks which i don't think we've really said yet but we were yeah we're talking about star trek lower decks uh i think that that was actually this it was very successful for me in part because it is set during that right after Voyager time period. So I think they could probably get some more uh, juice out of that premise, you know, from another show. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Hi there, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys usually, who have seen a lot of Star Trek, usually try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. Uh, but yeah, like I said before, this time it's a special episode. We're just talking about the entire first season of Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, it is the second animated Star Trek show after Star Trek the Animated Series. It is the third show to come out on uh, CBS All Access, soon to be rebranded as Paramount Plus. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's created by uh, Mike McMahon, who is uh, was a was a writer on Rick and Morty. And uh, it stars uh, Tawny Newsome, Jack Quaid, Noel Wells, and Eugene, Eugene Cordero. And uh, a few other people you know, are kind of regularly on there as well. But those are kind of the four main folks. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, for, for me, just to, just to kind of like, I guess I'm, I'm curious what, what your kind of expectations or hopes for the show were kind of like going into it before you before you started actually watching it. Yeah, I, I was curious to talk to you about that as well and kind of ask a specific question spinning off of that. But um, but yeah, I think I expected... So I haven't actually watched Rick and Morty. I have been told I should and kind of know that I would probably really appreciate the sense of humor, but I've just never gotten around to it. Mm. Um, but I think I expected just any of that sort of whatever the term for that kind of uh, like animated cartoon is, that's like a little bit more, you know, it's, it's a comedy. It's a, a little bit, I mean, I, Rick and Morty may be an extreme case of this, but a little bit more kind of adult skewed, you know, I think the Simpsons is sort of the prototypical of this, of that kind of type of show of just like using animation to do whack wacky things and uh and things that a more adult audience is going to find funny and have that mm-hmm. kind of sense of humor um uh you know and uh, stuff like that or futurama or family guy or american dad or those that sort of kind of show i think i was expecting something along those lines um and mm-hmm. i think i was expecting kind of each you know that each episode is sort of its own self-contained thing that's just sort of funny and doesn't really have any stakes or meaning or overarching arc or anything mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. okay which is which is what i was going to ask you well i guess first of all like what i guess the same question for you like what would you what were you going into this expecting because you you are a rick and morty uh fan right yeah yeah i re- i love rick and morty uh i was uh super depressed at the time at the time when i kind of started watching rick and morty and uh, weirdly i found it like very meaningful like the kind of 
like funny kind of nihilism that that Rick and Morty usually tra- traffics in. And like I I I watched that show like the the three seasons of it that were out when I started watching it. I watched that show like three times straight through like in a in the in the period of like a year uh just because i just which is not like super hard it's only like it was only like 30 episodes at that point but yeah i i love that show and so i was hoping that this was going to be something i would like i wasn't expecting it to be like you know pure unfiltered uh, rick and morty because uh dan Harmon and justin Ryland, the two creators of rick and morty aren't involved with this but uh I, you know, I was, I was hopeful for it. Uh, and then I, I watched the trailer for it and the trailer didn't really give me a lot of laughs, but I was still like, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I, I want to like this. Uh, I, it's in a cool time period that I like. I like Tawny Newsom and Noel Wells and Eugene Cordero. I've, I've listened to them on like podcasts and Noel Wells used to be on SNL for a little while. Yeah. I was going to ask so. her how familiar you were with, with any of these, uh, any, especially like the main voice actors. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I know I knew Noel Wells from SNL. Although I couldn't actually remember anything in particular that she did on SNL. I think she was very much one of the like featured cast members that was very rarely in it. Yeah, I think she um, was only on for a year. I remember, I remember like kind of finding that she had like, I kind of I a knew charming the name. Jack Quaid. I haven't watched. What is it? Is it the boys that he's in? I don't even know. That he's the one who I don't really know anything about at all. Uh, yeah, Tony Newsom and Eugene Cordero, like they they like do a lot of stuff in kind of like the LA improv scene and stuff. And so like I have definitely bumped into both of those people on various like podcasts, like podcasts that like Paul Tompkins does. They're on relatively frequently, and um, especially Tony Newsom, I think is can be really funny in these other contexts that I've that I've listened to her and stuff. So yeah, I was like, oh, this is this is cool, like and. Yeah, even though the trailer didn't really, like, I think, do the show a ton of favors, I was still, like, you know, pretty excited for it. Um, uh, so what, what was the qu- – before we kind of go into, like, what we actually thought of it, like, what, what – uh, Yeah, so so my – I guess um, – so my question was going to be then after kind of watching it and finding out what it really is, what did you think about the length of uh, – like 10 episodes is the length of a season. Do you think that was sort of the right length? Do you wish there were more? Um... Uh, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I would watch however much of this there was. Like, uh, I understand why, because I just feel like that this is kind of, this is the the game for most, like, uh, for most, like, you know, anticipated cable anything not even animation like is to do it do it for this length or even like fewer episodes you know like uh most rick and Morty seasons are around 10 episodes oh, really? and and uh like solar opposites which is a justin Roiland show that just came out on hulu earlier this year that was only 10 episodes i think or just looking at you know you you mentioned like futurama and simpsons which are both matt graining uh creations you know his the show he's working on now uh disenchanted i think is what it's called or it's or unenchanted i think it's yeah disenchanted think it's, it's, it's disenchanted or disenchantment yeah. one that's on that's on netflix and yeah. that also is like 10 season or 10 episodes or a season or something yeah, similar to that true. so probably the same. yeah i'm not really uh surprised i really liked this and so i really would have basically 
continued to watch it forever, I think, it, you know, until I stopped liking it. And I don't, really don't think that I, at the level I was liking it, I think if it maintained this quality, I would have just watched however much there was. Um, I, uh, you know, again, kind of not, not a hundred percent similar circumstances, but like, you know, I said, I kind of got into Rick and Morty at like kind of a low period for myself. And this, I don't, you know, I don't feel like internally as bad, but like, you know, as someone who is kind of sometimes let the external events surrounding me right now, vis-a-vis politics and pandemic and having to do work while I'm, you know, trying to teach my kids school from home and stuff like have definitely let that affect my mood and disposition a lot, even though I don't want to, sometimes it just does. And to, to hear like this was a thing where like for a half hour like every week because i watched it as it came out uh, i was just like i just got to feel delighted by it for like yeah i I, like there was not an episode where i was like i think there was like maybe like one or two episodes of it where i was like that was all right but then yeah i I still liked it i was thinking there were a couple in the middle that just kind of you know were like had had their moments but like really were nothing special and were kind of forgettable which I think, though, for this kind of show is fine. And that, that would be why I would almost wish there were more of them. Mm-hmm. That it would just kind of be a show like something like Futurama, where there's just a bunch of there's just a bunch of episodes you could really, like, grab anyone at any point and, like, have some fun with the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and there may well, be, I like, mean- some very, like, very slow sort of character growth and progression over the course of the season or the show or that. But for the most part, it's more just kind of you drop in they have a like wacky funny adventure that's unrelated to anything else and and i i think if you know if, if it were a longer and and we'll see like how many seasons it goes in that but i i do wish there had been more of them and that you i feel like you kind of rely less on each episode if it's not a tenth of the season mm-hmm. yeah i i see you saying i because, mean i do i, uh, I you do know like most a show were kind of like oh go on sorry well, just that if you're comparing it to, you know, I think a lot of the, like, prestige TV or, you know, things that are coming out streaming live, you know, if you're, it's, this is very different, I think, than a show like Picard or um, even something like The Mandalorian, which is another thing that, like, a lot of people enjoyed that kind of tells a story within a fandom, but that those have, like, very much an arc where you're go- getting from you have somewhere that you're starting at episode one and you have a point that you're getting to at the end of episode 10. And it really every episode like takes you along that path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, I mean, Picard, you could argue was too many episodes and they could have picked up the pace of that show. <laughs> For what it was. Yeah. <laughs> but could have made it a movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wonder, it, it almost felt like it was kind of forced into that because that's the length that we do now that, I wish there had been, I would, maybe I just wish there had been more of them because I did also just really enjoy, um, really enjoy the show, really enjoy the episodes. It's that combination of like it's the jokes are funny and it has like kind of a snarky sense of humor, but at the same time has like a very sort of optimistic, feel good type of message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I see what you're saying. I, I um. I guess I just didn't let the kind of the fact that every episode was one tenth of the show 
really bug me that much. I mean, and honestly, like I, I, I think there's like probably like one or two episodes. I kind of while we're talking, I'm going to see if I can because I have to just remind myself of like what all what they all were. But yeah, like, I did pull up. I don't know if we want to like kind of quickly go through sort of like what the ten episodes are, like very briefly hit the plot points or. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's. I'm not sure if that's like. We. I think we can call out individual things as we want to talk about them. Sure. There. There. I mean, like, I did probably like really, really like like probably like eight or nine of these anyway. So it really didn't like bug me that much. But like, I mean, I do think that like that is how they were all designed. Is what you were saying is that you can just kind of drop in and pick one out. Like it wasn't. There's some light serialization, but like nothing too crazy up until like the last episode um yeah yeah that one i think will have definitely kind of a will take up a good part of our conversation yeah so i i but yeah i I know what you're saying but like i also would have liked more but you know i'm i'm pretty happy with like what we got though because i I just i thought this was i was saying this i texted you this and i i uh was saying this on twitter and stuff like uh you know i now i i have not seen a ton of voyager i basically seen what we've seen for the the podcast but and you know i've seen uh even less of enterprise but like to me this is uh you know i certainly having seen like all the movies at this point and having seen like uh picard and having seen most of discovery that's out now like this is this is the best star trek thing i think since voyager at least for me i thought this was so like fun and like it felt like very star trek while still being like very funny and yeah i will yeah. say that was another thing i think before that i was a little afraid of was that it was gonna veer too much into the like that's i feel like it's a fine line to walk stuff. yeah of still yeah. being star trek but also being kind of this new genre that star trek hasn't gotten into before and mm-hmm. i feel like they've very walked that line very well yeah yeah i i see i I definitely yeah because that i was a little bit worried about that too you know because we i constantly complain on the show about like bad starfleet and so i was kind of thinking to myself like well i don't i don't like i love rick and morty but i don't want this to be rick and morty star trek you know like that would be bad because like rick and morty is like a incredibly like cynical you know violent kind of like nihilist thing and i like that show a lot and i think it really works for what it is but like that's not what star trek is and so i was i was very pleased that like this is this is like one of the i think one of the most optimistic star trek things i've seen in forever like it, it's uh it's it's uh, yeah it's, it's it's just super like charming and funny and, and like there there are like a one or two episodes where there's like a little bit of kind of that little darker edge to it that though. And that, that stuff was not generally my favorite stuff. I think it was still like fine, but like, you know, like the, the episode um, that where there, there's an episode where like one of the members of the Cerritos, which is the, uh, the ship that they're, that they are uh, all on is, is trying to like gain uh, ascension. And uh, one oh, of the yeah. characters like keeps on screwing it up on accident, and then at the end, he actually does gain ascension, and then it's horrible. Like he like really hates it, it like hurts yeah. and stuff, and like that was like that's the kind of thing like that's a very like Rick and Morty joke, and I was kind of like eh, I don't really know about this, like how I feel about this in this context. But most for the most part, though, I I think it pretty well avoided that kind of thing. Um, 
I, I guess I, you know, I, I, I don't know that I want to get into individual plot points, but I did just realize though that we haven't actually talked about like the premise of the show. So why don't you, why yeah. don't you like explain what the show is actually about? Yeah. So what what it is and kind of how it was designed is uh, to be a show about the uh, like just kind of the the crew members that are working on the ship in the background of what we're used to seeing is like the main episode of a Star Trek. I saw an interview with uh, one of the writers, I think, where he talked about how it kind of flips it where what we would normally in an episode of Star Trek see is like the A plot is actually what's going on in the background of this one. And what we're more interested in caring about is the kind of whatever personal adventure interaction these these four characters that are kind of the main cast of this show are having. And the those four characters are um, uh, Brad Boimler, who's this uh, ensign that I think works a lot on the bridge, kind of this uh, in the command or tactical division, um, uh, because I think of everything in terms of Star Trek timelines now. He's command <laughs> uh, primary. But I, I did wonder, as a quick spinoff, because they've said that there are going to be uh, characters from Lower Decks showing up in timelines. Oh, have I thought I thought they were thinking about it. Maybe that was it. I thought I saw something that there were, but I'm kind of curious if they would use them at like bring some of them in as uh, as like introducing new green characters, or if those are pretty much set. Because I feel like anytime there's new things, they're always like purples or yellows. Yeah, um, I don't know. That'll be interesting. But the greens to see. are usually like ensigns or cadets or that. Anyways, that's a that's kind of just for you and me, apparently. But. Uh, <laughs> The, but yeah, but he's he's very he's very enthralled with Starfleet, and all he wants is to, you know, move up through the ranks and become a captain and be like the ideal perfect Starfleet officer. Um, he's kind of a brown noser a little bit. Yeah, um, but to the point that you know a lot of the times he because he's trying too hard to be eager to please, he ends up kind of bumbling or making a mistake that then kind of sets him back even further. Um, and and then the the other so I would say the the two kind of primary usually ones that have the a plot are him and and then Beckett Mariner, who is uh, also, she's I think the, the main character of the show like yeah I think her story is really the main one that's being told. Um, she's also an ensign I think. Yeah, they're all four um, of the main characters are ensigns. Yeah, and and she is uh, an ensign on the ship, and she kind of has this. Like she's very street smart and kind of knows her way, and she, she around, like she, she's kind of doesn't play by the rules and is like doesn't like all the like Starfleet rules and regulations, but is very capable and very good at like kind of taking care of herself and getting things done in kind of unorthodox ways. Um, and then we f- find out. I think even the first episode we find that out. But there's kind of this sort of below the surface plot point that she's secretly the daughter of the captain of the ship um who is which i forgot was a secret until the second to last episode of the show but Um, yeah 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 and and basically that kind of her mom is like she's she's screwed up so much and kind of made so many enemies with like sort of done so many things that have gotten her in trouble that her mom is keeping her on the ship basically because she would get kicked out of starfleet otherwise um and and then the other two 
um, kind of members of their little like group of friends are uh, Tendi, who is a Orion, who's a, a science uh, or an ensign in the science division. So I think she works mostly, mostly in like works the in sick in bay. Sick bay, yeah. Yeah. Um, who is just like very um, kind of wide eyed. Everything she sees excites her, uh, but is a little bit of. Uh, because she, I think she's uh, the only one that's not human of the of yeah. the four of them, and so everything's like a little bit alien to her, and she kind of um, is like the closest thing to like a little bit of a fish out of water, but also just very enthusiastic and excited by everything. Um, and then Rutherford uh, is an engineer who has a uh, this like cybernetic implant. Um, on on one of his eyes that will kind of sometimes be used as a plot point again mm-hmm. in like the first and last episodes mostly um, but is is very smart is very good engineer really really likes engineering um, and basically is kind of the one who always does all of the sort of th- things that get said in Star Trek that don't mean anything He's like, yeah. oh, I love realigning power converters or yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, polarizing the deflector dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like just really gets into kind of like digging through the the like crawling around in Jeffrey's tubes and digging through wall panels and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and then they're they're so they all kind of hang out when they're not doing work on the ship. Yeah. And and sometimes when they are doing work cuz like especially like uh Boimler and Mariner often like go do weird like side missions that that Mariner kind of gets up to cuz Mariner yeah. likes being in Starfleet but she doesn't like regulations for Starfleet so she's always like trying to get people art supplies or getting food to people who need it or helping somebody out like when she's not really supposed to and so then yeah and whereas and like, then, and in doing to... so like maybe questionably violating the prime directive and getting yeah. herself into trouble with starfleet uh, yep and then so there but they're all ensigns on this ship called the uss cerritos which is uh a ship that is des- that is used for what, what kind of ship is this cerritos i mean let me look it up but um it's a, it's a ship that's, it's described as like a support ship so no i mean like what the what the model oh is it's like it's it. california class okay which okay. i think was i think i remember reading that it was like it was actually designed for this show like we haven't seen i think we've seen sh- ships that are like similar to this but but we haven't seen other ships of this specific design before. Yeah, it's it's basically just uh, the the disc and the nacelles, basically. Um, yeah, yeah, and and Cerritos is a city in California too, so it's which is probably why it's um it's 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 a city like near LA, I believe. Um, so that's probably why it's a California class ship. But uh, yeah, so the Cerritos is a um it it's in charge its job is doing uh uh second contacts so basically it's the first time i i heard that i thought was like the most clever like funniest thing ever yeah it's it's good uh where where they they have to basically go to places that have been well at first it seems like go to places that have been first contacted and then kind of be like 
okay, just making sure like we have all the information we need on you guys and you guys have all the information that you need on us, you know, kind of like yeah. where's all the best places to eat food and like what kind of air do you have? What's your political system? Like all that stuff. Yeah. You know, and what, then, what accidental hand motions may offend everyone. Yeah. And then we find out kind of later that they, that like sometimes they're checking in on places that were first contacted a long time ago just to make sure that everything is so chill. Like that's in the, in the final episode again. Yeah. See that, they, that only I think really happens in that last episode. And then they make some reference into it that like, that's more what the second season will be about is like, we need to go and like check on all these places that like the enterprise went to one time and thought they fixed everything. And now kind of everything sort of spiraled out of control again yeah they 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 go to the planet uh from that one famous episode where everyone has a kind of like a purge day uh like once a year um which is funny because there's there's an episode of rick and morty that is like also like explicitly like a parody of that episode um yeah but uh um yeah, the red. That yeah, with all of the the red. It's not even the red hour. It's not even a. It's not even a day. It's like the red hour uh, is like an hour where everyone kind of just like get all of their their stuff out, you know. Um, uh, but um, it, you know, and they they see, it's beta three, and they they see they see the old computer god called Landru there, who has like a little sign that says Landru on it, like that's just hung from one of its. Yeah. So, um, and, and, but some people have gone back to worshiping Landru in the, in the, in the intervening time period. So they have to go back and like solve those problems too, but it's like much less, it's much, it's much more boring and like less interesting than like when Kirk had to go do it the first time, you know? Right. Um, uh, that, that is the one where the captain like threatens Landry, like don't make me logical paradox you to death again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and so then, you know, you see, it's mostly about the ensigns, but you do see uh, like the the other kind of, like in this one, like the side characters. Oh, we should say too. Lower decks is the reason why it's called that is because it's based. It's 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 named that after a famous episode of uh, TNG, which is also called Lower Decks, which is about four characters uh, who are ensigns, basically on yeah. on the Enterprise uh, and like what they're up to. Um, yeah, so. because, and it's a similarly sort of stage thing where, like, you'll see, like, Jordy or Riker kind of in the background, um, like, doing whatever, like, the Enterprise is doing at the moment, but the real focus is on, as the Enterprise is having this encounter or whatever, like, what are the the crew members doing? Yep. Uh, yeah, and so kind of in a similar thing, you most episodes you see... Uh, you see the captain, Carol Freeman, who is uh, Beckett's Beckett Mariner's mom, and you see uh, Jack Ransom, uh, who the actor uh, Jerry O'Connell I, I saw described in an interview as, "What if Riker took cocaine?" Which I think is a pretty good, uh, <laughs> a pretty good description of his character. He's the first officer, and then um, Lieutenant Shax uh, is the security officer on the ship and he is security chief and he is a like a really buff uh bajoran and yeah, then who just got, really wants to fight things and blow things up yeah and then you've got uh dr taana who is like a what is that race she's a cat person uh yeah. she is a acacian i think it looks like is her, is her uh species and they what are, what are they 
locations and trying to think of where they uh i think there's one of them from in the animated series right oh yeah yeah emrest is or is a application apparently there's also two star trek movies that they're in but um anyway uh and then and then uh, occasionally we see um also like lieutenant commander uh billups who is the oh the engineer. uh, engineering chief and he uh, is played by paul Shear, who is very funny and like his very little amount that he that he gets to do there's there's one episode where like it's funny because like Paul Shear is probably the most famous of these people who's on the show. Like you know, other than like a, not as a guest star for one episode. Yeah, maybe actually, yeah. And there's one episode where he all he he has one line, and it's just it's just very funny to me that they get, they got Paul Shear to just record. Just, uh, I am honored to be in this beam. And, you know, that's the only thing that he says in that one episode. Oh, that, <laughs> <laughs> I but, enjoyed uh, that episode. I do have to say. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so th- that's you know kind of the the overarching description of the show. As we said already, we we both I think really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, what about it to you really stuck out? Like like were you like what what really worked for you? Like what what was really like the thing that was making you go like oh this is why I like this like this is this is really good stuff. So I think the and I was trying to describe it too because I I watched it with um with Lisa with my wife who hasn't really seen a lot of Star Trek um, and and still, like, really enjoyed it. And I think it it's one of those... It, it did a very good job of... it has So it has a bunch of, like, Star Trek references and jokes and Easter eggs and things um, that I think, like, are funnier the more obscure Star Trek knowledge you have. But also, at the same time, it's not just a, like, listing of star trek references it it more has just the feel that they really like get star trek like i think there mm-hmm. there's one point where boimler is like afraid that he's gonna you know get tran like fired from the ship and like transfer and he's like i'm gonna get transferred to like a you know a science station and then we're all gonna freeze to death and our bodies will disintegrate and like someone will have to figure out what happened to us but using only like a fragments of sketchy video logs <laughs> and, I'm, yeah. and I'm like, like that one, I'd, you know, there's some things that they do that are actual, like, eg- like exact references to a, an episode of Star Trek. There's like the salt vampire or whatever. Um, or yeah. Or I, I laughed at, in the last episode at someone who thought that Wolf 359 was an inside job. <laughs> inside job right. <laughs> um, but like that Wolf one. Wolf 359, if you're not a Star Trek super fan, Wolf 359 is like the, the battle that takes place, uh, like kind of between some Federation ships and uh, and Borg ships, like kind yeah, of yeah. It's like the first time the, that the Borg kind of came to try to attack Earth. Yeah, and that's when that's when Cisco lost his wife uh, in Wolf Wolf Three Five Nine. So yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, but I, yeah, I but it one. it really, but like that, you know, that I I don't. Th- think was a reference to like a specific episode and it may have been but i don't think it was an episode epi- specific episode of star trek mm-hmm. but just like you could absolutely like that's ex- the sort of thing that happens in like multiple episodes of star trek mm-hmm. um yeah I, I think the best example of that kind of thing might be uh episode nine i believe is uh, that the movie yeah. Crisis, crisis point which is that one is like probably the most like direct parody of any of them uh it's basically like the show doing 
a Star Trek movie. movie. But like, yes. uh, that that uh, one that was the one where I did have to pause a couple times and be like, "This is why this is hilarious." Yeah, <laughs> because but there's a big I, scene where they just like fly around looking at exterior shots of the ship while dramatic music plays, which is yeah, a it, reference to the the original like Star Trek the motion picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, now it's there are so, lots of lens flares in that one as well, which is funny. Yeah, I want to talk about this actually. I was going to kind of save it, but I think we keep on kind of circling around this, so I, I think we should just talk about it. So, I think uh, so. I really, I really like the jokes, the Star Trek jokes. I, I, I think like even beyond that, it's just a funny show. Like it, it's just you know. It's, yeah, it's and I think and, it, it very much is my like the the rhythm of the humor and the style of humor very much is my. Uh, like it's just kind of my sensibilities of what I find really funny. Yeah. Um, there's but, like, there's a, I think the, there's a really good example and it's in one of the first or second episodes where, um, they're, they're talking about, uh, a Klingon diplomat or somebody and, and Tendi again, who's like the really like, op- wide eyed, excited one is like, why do I, th- why does that name sound so familiar? And Bormler's like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's because he, you know, is this famous diplomat and like lists off kind of all of his accomplishments. And then Mariner is like, is it because all Klingon names sound the same and they have a, a K and an apostrophe in them? And yeah. and just the rhythm of like her saying that and, uh, and Noel Wells or, or Tendi being like, yeah, it's that one. Like the, for some reason, it, and I can't quite describe what it is, but just the, the rhythm of the way good. that joke played out. Like I found yeah, so Yeah, it's funny. got a very like good, like, rhythm to it i think like it's yeah it's it's uh which i think like is something that is sometimes sometimes easier to do with like animation because you really do control like the flow i mean i suppose you do it yeah. in live action too with editing but yeah uh yeah i agree um but you know what i was gonna say is i do think the show has a good sense of humor but i also really do like all the star trek jokes in it, and there are a lot of them and it really made me think about the thing we've talked about like so many times on this show which is like, what is that line between, like, good and bad fan service? Because this is fan service in a lot of ways. Like, and yeah, why, like, like, what is it that we like about some of that stuff? Some things like that and we don't like about other things. Uh, you know, you know, again, like, kind of going back to our, kind of our, our point of comparison a lot of the time is, like, the new Star Wars movies. Like, like what about that is... You know, are we being hypocritical or, or, or like, is there, what is the difference? I think I especially was thinking about this because right before we got on today, I was listening to a podcast called uh, Comic Books Are Burning in Hell that is about, uh, that uh, they talk about a lot of comics, but in this, in this particular episode that I was listening to, um, it was really good. It's, it's about uh, the famous DC event comic Crisis on Infinite Earths. And they were talking about how, Basically, that comic, it doesn't exist to tell a story so much as it exists to catalog happenings and, like, like try to catalog and categorize, like, how everything is supposed to work in the DC universe of the 80s. In 1985, I believe, is when that comic came out. And also about how, uh, like, the way that, like, the way that it has, like, such, like, this encyclopedic recall where like it, it is it is a comic that i apparently according to the show there are like literally two thousand characters in that comic who have speaking lines you know 
Um, and, and that are so, just all like, like different versions of different like characters well, from previous comics, or yeah, yeah. And so it's like you know, it, it's a it's a comic that like not only rewards you for knowing who the haunted tank is, but it's a comic that like is trying to reassure you that like you knowing who the haunted tank is is not a waste of your time and life, you know? And, uh, and I was thinking about that because I knew we were going to do the show. And I was like, you know, is, is, is that what this show is doing? Is the show being like, Oh, look, it's good that, you know, <laughs> it's good that, you know, you immediately, when someone says, well, three, three, five, nine was an inside job that you're like, Oh, I get it. It's like a nine 11 joke about the Borg attack, you know, yeah. uh, or, or, or whatever. And, uh, and I think like right after that joke, he he says like changelings aren't real, you know, like uh, so right. it, it it it's like I, I just I I guess I think I have an answer for that a little bit, but like I'm curious like what you think about that because I because you know yeah no that's a question I also like struggled with because because I did really enjoy the like and again like maybe I'm just easily baited, but like it is the sort of like it, the uh, you know the meme where you're like pointing and being like, "I get that reference," yeah. Um, and and because to a large degree, I feel like that's what fan service or like reference style humor is. A lot of the time, is it just takes advantage of the fact that like if you say a thing and we've heard of that thing, that makes us feel proud of ourselves and feel good, and so we like the thing that made us feel that way. Because um, th- sometimes oh, that on, can sorry. be like a very sort of low effort way to get positive feelings, right? Yeah, I, I, the thing that kind of the word I use for that kind of thing is uh, like Pavlovian, like where they're like uh, you know actually probably a better discussion for the, it's not even the Star Wars movies, but as J.J. Abrams's Star Trek movies, which like because they are a Star Trek thing and like there is definitely fan service in those as well. But like, I don't really react very well to that stuff because it does, it does seem like I'm being shown something familiar and then being expected to, uh, like to just because sal- we named this salivate. character Khan, we kind of like, now you feel the same way about this movie that you did about space seed and the wrath of Khan. Yeah. And not, and not only, not only do we name the character Khan, but then like we have, we have like the death scene from Wrath of Khan again, but it's just in reverse, you know, and we get, we develop the cure for the guy who dies by, you know, cause we put, we tested it on a treble or whatever, you know, like, uh, yeah. where it's just like, it, it, you know, again, like to me, like the, the absolute nadir of this probably for me is in episode seven of Star Trek or Star Wars, Star, uh, Star Wars episode seven, when, um, Finn is in the Millennium Falcon. He just holds up the training droid. Right. Like he's uh, literally like going through a box and like holding up things for the camera, like for the purpose of showing them to the audience Yeah, that are just things from old, the old Star Wars movies. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, to me, I think, you know, there is, there is a degree of which like there's an old, there's an old like Supreme court, uh, ruling on, um, on, on obscenity cases. Uh, where basically one of the justices apparently like when asked about like what constitutes obscenity says like well I know it when I see it and like there there is ultimately I think that that like if I'm if I'm being honest like there is just something to that where it's like if it works it works but 
I, I also do think though that that basically the on shows that have this kind of thing, like like on shows like say The Mandalorian, which is another show that we both, you know, I think liked quite a bit the the, the first season of, and like it, it's taking that stuff, it's taking stuff that you're aware of and it's doing something with it. It's it's not repeating itself and it's not just showing it to you, uh, like. It's not. It's because it's. It's not like. It's not like, in this show that like, they just did another. They did a moot. They did um a. Uh, like, like they they, yeah, they, they did like, one of the, the they, didn't, they, they didn't remake an episode. They didn't remake an episode. They didn't. They didn't just like. There were like, there wasn't a lot of stuff where it's just like Tendi all of a sudden is like look I have a trouble like it was like right. it's taking it's taking like these things these Star Trek things and they have some potency because you know what they are but then like it's making jokes out of them it's turning them into like new premises it's uh like it like it's taking like this show definitely like it, the thing uh, the thing I, one of the things I probably like the most about the show is that it is unquestionably a Star Trek show. It's it's more of a Star Trek show, I think, than certainly than Picard, and in some ways, yeah. like more than like I would say, like Discovery, in that like it's playing in this space of like we're going to have the episodes of the show. They're going to have a problem they have to deal with. They they kind of deal with the problem by the end of the episode, but also like it, you know it clearly exists. It, it's using that stuff not just as empty reference points. It's using that stuff to exist in the world of Star Trek. Like it is. Like, I don't think there's anything on this show that you would have a problem folding into the larger canon of Star Trek. You know, like, yeah. like, uh, and that's, or like, like I was, it, there's even like, there's a, there's a thing I was just listening to a different podcast to, to blank check, uh, just film podcast. And they were talking about, um, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, the writing partners that, that made like back to future and stuff. And they were talking about how in, they have like this philosophy of like when we do comedy, we don't write jokes. We, the, the humor comes from that. Like the, the characters are always going to take these situations seriously and like hmm. react with them, like in a sincere way. And, you know, obviously there are real jokes in, in lower decks, but I think that like, you know, ultimately like all of it is done in service of like, being funny but like in a way that is it's not like really that winky so much as it is just kind of like this is a place where we all where we all live in and these are the rules and like and so we are going to talk about this stuff because it's stuff that happens in star trek and i think like to the degree that it goes away from that like there there are a couple moments i think that like felt a little flat from that referencing stuff like there's an episode uh where q is in it and i and I, i like q a lot obviously and i'm you know, I'm happy that John Delancey got to do it, but like when they're like, oh yeah, Q comes to our ship sometimes, and then it just has Q like doing like a chess set and a soccer ball, and it's like that's yeah. kind of funny, but also it's like that that is a little bit more of just like, look, it's Q, like you know, Q from Star Trek, like and yeah, I did. I, I will say, yeah, that part was just kind of like I, I did enjoy Q's second appearance in that episode, which is at the very end where they're like everyone's just kind of annoyed and going back to the quarters and and then Q shows up and he's like why not play a game with me to judge the fate of humanity and they're all just like go away Q we don't have time for you yeah. um, I, I like I laughed harder at it that time um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. The yeah. first one was more of a... And I, I didn't hate it or anything, but it was not like... I, I think, like, most of the time, like, if they're... If, like, the, the stuff that I really laughed at was uh, stuff where it's either, like, just kind of, like, folding it into the world. Like, again, like that, you know, the inside job joke where it's like, oh, yeah, well, like, that also kind of makes sense that, like, I'm sure there are people who think that that's fake because, like, conspiracy theories is, you know, that's a real thing. Or, or stuff where it's, like... The joke is almost that, uh, like, isn't it weird how this is a thing that is in Star Trek and no one ever talks about it being weird? Because I think maybe the time that I laughed the hardest at the show is um, when one of the characters, like, like, there's a character from outside the ship who comes on the ship to talk to, uh, to talk to the captain. And he just, he just talks, he starts talking oh, yeah. about <laughs> sensors and... And then, and then Meredith's like, what the heck are you talking about? What's a sensor? Are you talking about sensors? And and it's like, it's a thing of like, yeah, I've, I've been watching, you know, I've been watching, uh, you know, I'm in season four of, of DS9. And prior to that, like I watched seven seasons in a row of TNG. And so it's like, yeah, I'm going on like 10 years of just a bunch of people talking about sensors to the point where I just don't even think about that. That's a weird thing to do or say say anymore. And so just like, like, I guess there's that kind of thing too. I I just thought that was so funny. Just just the way they deal with it. Like Spock thing. Uh, well I like, you know, it's funny now, now that Worf is on, um, DS nine, he's a, he's a big time sensor guy. Cause not, not everyone does it. Um, but I th- yeah I think it was a big t- a big TNG thing in particular I think mm. a lot of people said sensors because I'm pretty sure that's what Picard says too yeah but um yeah that kind of a thing or just things too it, it's also I also really like when when there's stuff where it it's it I like I like uh jokes that like if you get it you get it and if you don't like you probably didn't even realize there was a joke there so like I. I because you you probably had to explain to Lisa about the ship shot uh, about like, just some yes. just like going around the ships because you were laughing right like not necessarily because it's clear that there's a joke that's happening you know unless you know but if you know you know you know like like that because yeah, yeah they, they probably circle around the thing for or like, like the why there were suddenly so many lens flares on the screen um, yeah and, and and that too like that that's such like a hacky old joke to make about those jj abrams movies is like oh look at all the lens flares but like i i think it worked in that episode because no one's calling attention to it no one's talking about oh it's really bright in here or whatever it's just like it's just like there are just a few more lens flares than than there would normally be in the show like there's a that episode in particular there's a bunch of stuff where it's just like it just totally works as an episode but like yeah if you know about that if you know about if you know about like the long shot of the enterprise in the motion picture or if you know about like how how like most of like the tng and um and like original series uh movies like kind of start with like a bunch of them like outdoors like doing recreation and like how like they're kind of are all joking about how they're getting older than they used to be but like we're still we still got it you know like right. that like where it's just there there's that episode is just like just so full of that stuff where it's like this is a joke, but also it totally works as not a joke. You know, like it just seems like a thing that could be happening. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of like my answer for it. But I, I'm really, I'm definitely willing to kind of like concede that maybe I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite. But uh, 
yeah yeah that that's yeah. kind of my feeling on that on that stuff um yeah and i think it does i think the it does just sort of sometimes it's less of a like in like that they're specifically like pointing at and referencing the thing as much as it just feels like they live in the Star Trek world where like all these Star Trek things are kind of normal for them and what that would look like, you know, like Kirk and Picard are the celebrities or like, you know, there's an episode of that basically kind of answers the question of like, if all these like weird transporter accidents and anomalies and stuff are happening, like what actually happens to the people who get affected by those? Um, yeah. Or there, I, I remember I, I really enjoyed there's, uh, in one of the episodes uh, where uh, it's the one where they have like this one friend that gets in trouble and they kind of bail him out and then he gets transferred to another ship and then gets in trouble again there and he's calling them trying to get them to bail him out again and they yeah. do the equivalent of you know what we're like I'm driving through a tunnel or like I'm walking in a stairwell and my phone doesn't have service but they're just like oh no we're being like bombarded by tetrion particles or like oh no i think q's here i think that that's the same sort of like someone suggests like oh just blame q for this um mm. that i feel that's much more like i feel like they just kind of clearly whoever's making this like knows so much star trek that they're able to create you take this world that's been created over decades of television and very much make it like lived in which is which i think was cool Mm-hmm. yeah i um yeah i i agree i i think yeah i think i think like it really did feel like it really fits in really well especially with especially with that kind of like 90s yeah aesthetic um the other thing i wanted to I, like we've kind of i think personally talked about a little bit but i wanted to make sure i brought up or got your opinion on is is that it is a very kind of optimistic type of show um and there's a there's a thing that they do almost to the point that it ends up becoming predictable by the kind of later times they do it, where uh, sort of they kind of build up this expectation that, uh, you know, the that Starfleet or the command people above them are going to be like real mean or real jerks. And then there's this twist at the end of just like, no, this is, this is a good thing. And we actually really care about, about the you on the lower decks and that. Um, yeah. And yeah, and especially in contrast to, you know, things like Picard or at least from what I've heard, like the first season of Discovery, where they or even like Star-, Star Trek in the Darkness, you know, yeah, I think where like things are too. much more like bleak. I feel like this is it does have a very like we are Starfleet. Starfleet is a bunch of people who are just like, you know, going out to try to do good and explore, and they're damn excited to be doing it um, mm-hmm. with like very little like sinister ulterior motive Um. yeah i i um yeah you know to me something i was thinking a lot of the time when i was watching this is about how i think uh you know parks and recreation like as a show from like the last like 10 years that i think has gotten like a big time like reputation for being like a comedy of niceness and and Mm. i'll say like I, i i definitely have enjoyed a lot of Parks and Rec. I've seen the whole show. I've seen some of the show like multiple times. And I think especially like the first like few seasons are, are quite good. Um, but I think that like that, that rep is like a little bit unearned because I think that ultimately like that is a show that was written by a bunch of people who live like in LA about uh, like the Midwest and 
outside of the parks department, like most people who live in the town of Pawnee, where the show is set, are kind of treated like somewhat contemptuously. You know, like they like they're all mm. kind of stupid and, and and they're all kind of stupid in a way that's not really like like loving you know like yeah like it's and not the same way that like andy dwyer is yeah like where it's mostly like you know it's like it's kind of like to 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 treat leslie as a saint for like putting up with them you know and i think like that coupled with like unfortunately i think that that show is kind of like the 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 10 years later version of like the west wing in that like it's a well-made show but then like a bunch of people started like unironically adopting it as like a valid political philosophy, um, which I think is not necessarily like a knock against it being a nice show, but I think it certainly like hurt its legacy somewhat in, in that like I don't think that's actually like really an effective or even very like useful uh, you know thing to which on which to base your your uh, political philosophy. But like um, this show, though, I was the reason I was thinking about it is because I do think this show kind of is what people say about parks like it it is like this like with a couple of like very small exceptions i I, i'm thinking of like that one the ascension episode that i was talking about or and like maybe when uh and and even this like i I think like it was like they kind of handle this in a a pretty okay way so it's it doesn't get too dark but like the the badgy character there's a there's a character who shows up a couple times um, who, and I think this is totally in keeping with Star Trek too, where basically like there is a holodeck program who is basically like Clippy the paperclip who is, his name is Badgie. He's like a sentient uh, star, uh, Star Trek like com badge who helps people out in the holodeck. And then he kind of ends up, it, it turns out that he's actually evil. Like once you take off his like you ethical disable protocols. The safety protocols. Yeah, which again, why do they have those? But uh, I think doesn't even somebody say that. I think on someone the show. has that. Just like, why is that even so, an option? Yeah, um, which is a, a great question that no one has sufficiently answered. But um, uh, I w- yeah, with a couple of exceptions, like like it is like like there there are whole episodes where like that is like kind of the premise is that basically like people think that something bad's going to happen and it doesn't like uh you know the episode where there's an episode where boimler you were talking about this episode like where where boimler um kind of gets messed up in a hot in a uh a transporter accident and so then he has to go on this kind of like poorly lit kind of scary ship to this place called the farm and all everyone on the on the ship kind of thinks that it's like this bad thing where they're all going to get like killed or they're just going to be imprisoned forever like as starfleet's like big mistakes and then it turns out that like no actually the farm is like a real place and that you know really the the misunderstanding was that the the captain of the ship who is who is um the same species as uh, Arax is from the original series um or just from the from the, from the animated, animated series, series i mean um is he he just kind of like is not very good at interior decorating and he kind of <laughs> he has like his his normal like happy laugh is like sounds like most people's evil laugh you know or um you know there's there's the episode where uh to cuz he doesn't want to make Tendy feel bad by missing out on this uh like this um astronomical event uh Rutherford basically quits his job so that he and tries to transfer to a different um, segment of like, like a different branch of Starfleet or a different part of the ship so that he can like his schedule can work out because he doesn't want to disappoint her and so every time he quits yeah. <laughs> every time he quits one of the jobs like the 
Uh, yeah, know, he, he has to go he, like he talk has, to his supervisor, and they. His, his supervisor's like, "Do you mean to tell me that you're giving up on this so you can go do something else somewhere else that you think you would like better?" And he's like, "Yes." And they're like, "That's great. I re- we're all about personal fulfillment, like on, right. in Starfleet, <laughs> like and." Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I agree that like, maybe they overused it like a little bit by the end. Like, uh, yeah, like, by the what, time you, know, you get to the, cause I think the, is it the second to last or no, the eighth episode is, you know, they, they are in a, what looks like this like trial and, uh, you know, the, the being like interrogated about what happened and they're trying to like say what happened, but also like, you know, they're worried that they're going to get their officers in trouble because there's this big mean guy with an eye patch and spikes that's angrily asking them all these questions and like as soon as it starts you just kind of be- know like oh well this is going to turn out like it's not actually a trial he's just like this is actually a good thing and it does and it's like uh, <laughs> go on go on sorry and because the the twist at the end is like he's actually like throwing a party for the the cerritos bridge crew to like celebrate like to thank them for saving his life um yeah I actually, I got to disagree with you a little bit. I really liked that episode a lot because uh, I, I think that episode like goes far enough that it, because I kind of guessed the thing with the, uh, with like the farm say, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, th- th- that happens like the previous episode, but like in this one, like, I feel like it's so over the top and it's also not a Starfleet event, you know, like it's, it's a. Yeah, that's true. They've been like, it, they think they've been captured by this. Yeah. And, and so yeah, like the that that one, I I, I thought the episode was really funny. Um, I was gonna say like in the in the final episode when Rutherford loses his memory of Tendi, and then Tendi reacts by saying like, "Oh, this is great! Like I can become your best friend all over again." That I, I knew she was gonna say that like but like before she oh, did yeah. like um, like she wasn't gonna be it, like sad that they'd lost yeah because she's never sad. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I I um. I kind of agree that it was like a little bit overused, but at the same time, I just, I just really liked like, it's such like a buoyant show. And I do think that they do ring like genuine laughs out of that premise. Like, uh, that, um, you know, that, that like it, it is, it really is a comedy of positivity and that like, not only is it a positive show, but it's the action, it's the, it's the positivity that is providing a lot of the comedy. Yeah. I mean, I that's is, the one that has the line, like, I, I am honored to be suspended in this beam. Or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> which is a great little yeah. Like like why why, why are all of our bridge why are all the bridge officers in a beam? And he's like, that's our beam of respect. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you hear Flusher go, I am honored to be in this beam. <laughs> like that's his only line. Yeah, yeah. It's that's really good. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think about like what else we should talk about because I want to. I, I have a couple like little kind of like. Well, I did. There, I did so want to. I guess specifically get your about. opinion on the the finale both is like kind of an episode of itself and is a finale and sort of what it means for the show going forward um yeah because the, yeah. it's it's much more like a big set piece um the stakes are higher you know it starts out with a, another ship being completely destroyed and they have to like figure out what's going on and escape from the the packlids who i are from i think an episode of tng um maybe uh, I believe, uh, I think you're right. I was just looking that up. Uh, but they're this um, kind of race of just sort of scavengers that, um, you know, take pieces from other ships 
that have become way more powerful and dangerous than kind of anyone knew they were. And mm. so they have to escape from them. And, um, you know, this is the one where this is right after everyone on the ship has found out that uh, Mariner's the captain's daughter. And so she, like, goes on the bridge and comes up with a plan. Rutherford, like, has to fly over to the ship on a shuttle and, like, narrowly escapes. Um, and, like, the the Bajoran security officer, like, sacrifices himself to save his life. Um, and then it ends with a cameo from Riker and Deanna Troy, like, fly in on their ship and save the day. Mm-hmm. Um Voiced by uh, by uh, Frakes and uh, yeah. Marina Sirtis. Yeah. Um, uh, although Frakes sounded really, I don't know, for some reason, like Sirtis, I abs- like immediately was just like, yeah, that's definitely like that's definitely Marina Sirtis. But there was something in Riker's voice where I was just like, is that actually Jonathan Frakes, or is that someone trying to do his voice? I don't know. I think that was him trying to sound like he was a cartoon younger. Or like, oh, like, 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 like he was the age that he should have been maybe at the time, you know, this time Marina series of funnily, I think actually sounds more like Troy in lower decks than she did in the episode of Picard that she was <laughs> in. Like she's doing, she's doing like the Deanna, the voice, or I, can't, I can't even do it. She's, sure. she's doing the voice more than she is in, uh, in, yeah. in Picard, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And then. And then kind of the, at the very end, you find out that Boimler has actually transferred onto, uh, onto Riker's ship. Um, and did you see too that, um, did you say, sorry, did you say too that, yeah, like once, once Mariner figures out like the solution, like then her mom was kind of like, you know what, you're right, like we should be trying to help people more rather than just leaving them alone. And then, yeah. And that's when, and so she kind of suggests that like, she'll still like this ship will still follow the rules officially, but then um, like Mariner will kind of like have the leeway to, to sort of do like get things done her way um, Mm. to actually help people. Um, But that, and that is, I think the part where they do mention, you know, the, the captain mentions like all these, you know, all these races that like the the Enterprise went and visited, like we should be checking back up on them to make sure they're still doing okay, which makes me wonder if the second season will be more directly like visiting things from previous series. I hope uh, not. Like I I, yeah. I I like that they do it occasionally, but I like that like they do lots of other stuff too. Like I enjoy the variety that, that it that it is in this uh, in this season, where it's they kind of something they do sometimes, and other times they have to do things like deliver a Klingon ambassador to a certain place or or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I I liked the the finale though overall. Like I I liked that the mom thing was kind of like dealt with and then gotten rid of. Like pretty, I didn't want that to be like a big source of like drama on the show, and um. Yeah, I, I I'm curious to see because obviously they're not gonna like leave Boimler on that on that on Riker's ship forever. Although like if if that means I get a couple more episodes of of Jonathan Frakes and and Marina Sirtis, I'm 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 all for that. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was I was kind of curious what that specific, both with that angle of it, like is that gonna be a a plot point over several episodes of like them trying to get 
Boimler back on the ship or like, uh, you know, like a, a journey to get there? Or will it be more the thing where like the first episode, it's just like, oh, I got, you know, transferred back. Here I am, everybody. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and but see. It does, yeah, it does sure. definitely seem like they they have a direction and they want the second season to like, you know, they, they kind of progressed all of the characters except for maybe Tendi to a point where like the second season will be different in some ways than the first, like they'll have new stories to tell with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I I thought, yeah, I was, I was definitely, it left me like curious for what was going to happen next. So I, I was, in that in that respect, I think it was quite a good way to end. By the way, the Packleds uh, are in a couple. They're they're in one episode of they're, they're directly in one episode of TNG is where they are introduced, and then you see them sometimes in the background of um, DS Nine and Quark's Bar. It seems like a few mm. times. So, okay. um, uh, yeah. Um, so, I I think we've kind of talked about like a lot of like. The big positives, and and even like uh, to the extent that we had negative things to say about the show, I feel like we've mostly even addressed that stuff. Before we go, I wanted to ask you two things. I wanted to ask you like, what were your favorite? What do you think your favorite episode was? And like, is there any like like big time laugh point that we haven't talked about that you wanted to call out uh, before we? Oh boy, um, I think I wonder if my favorite episode probably was the i don't know there were so many good ones Pro- i i did really enjoy the again it, it it is kind of very different from the rest of the episodes but the the movie the the second to last yeah. one just that for the degree good. of like jokes about star trek movies that it had um mm-hmm. i think my favorite one may have been the second episode the one where they um uh where they have to escort this like Klingon ambassador and end up mm. just sort of chasing him along this whole planet. Um, just cause I feel like it was early enough that you're still kind of getting to know the characters, but they did a really good job of that relationship with Boimler and Mariner um, mm-hmm. that I just really, I really enjoyed. And I felt like it, like it kept throwing in like references and jokes kind of as they're going along. And yeah. That yeah. That episode yeah, that episode was, was good. Um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what my favorite episode was. Um, I yeah, I liked I liked the um, I liked the uh, the uh, the yeah, I liked the movie episode a lot. I liked the I liked the. Uh, for, for, by the way, if you've been listening to this the whole time, uh, you know we're, we're, I, we're I'm doing kind of a light edit on this one, so. Uh, we're trying to keep on track, but we have to, I have this has to go out tomorrow. But um, uh, yeah, I, I I liked the movie one. I liked the one. I, I liked the one a lot where they are all um, they're all uh, kidnapped, um, and well, they think they're all kidnapped, but then it's actually a party. Oh yeah, uh, sure. I, I thought that one was really fun. Uh, I'm just trying to remind myself here. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're all like pretty fun though. Like I I. Uh, I liked the buffer time one a lot too. The oh uh, yeah, that's the third episode. See, I thought that um, one was kind of. I feel like that was sort of the one of the ones where it just kind of like it, it was a it was a good episode. It was fun, but like just was just kind of forgettable. Like there, that was sort of the like sort of in the middle where you just kind of had episodes where some stuff happened that all kind well, of ran together. 
Sure. Now that that one, I, I mean, that the so that part of that one is that there's two different plots going on. One of them is that uh, the captain punishes Mariner by making her. Oh, that's right. It was an that. I, I forgot that was that episode. Yeah, that one. And that which is, is pretty funny. Yeah, where she has, she gets so bored like doing all the officer stuff, but then also, um, uh, but then also the the other plot of it is that basically, Boimler talks about. Uh, Boimler talk. Boimler learns about the concept of buffer time, which is something where the ensigns always lie about uh, how long it will take to do anything, so that way they get like free time. And and then he he then accidentally tells the captain about that, and the, she gets rid of buffer time, and so everyone gets really stressed out, except for Boimler, who's doing everything right. But then, um, it, but then like it, that kind of leads to the, them getting boarded, and then they have to use they kind of reinstitute buffer time so that they can. Uh, you know, repel the attack on the, on the ship. Um, I liked that episode a lot. I think one reason I liked that episode a lot is kind of, kind of leaning into the other thing I was going to say about the jokes is that that I, I think if, if I, if, if my hardest laugh wasn't at the censors joke, it <laughs> probably then was that where at, at the end of that episode, basically uh, uh, the captain kind of, feels like Boimler's had a good talking to her. And so he, she reinstitutes buffer time and kind of calls it uh, the Boimler effect, which he does not want to be, you know, he does not want to be, have, have I think something named after him about That's like about breaking shortcuts the rules. and breaking the rules. Yeah. And then, and then like, she, he kind of mentions that to uh, uh, Tandy and, and Rutherford and they're like, well, don't worry about that. No one's ever going to remember what that is. And then it cuts to the far future and like, yep. they're still teaching like, <laughs> like about how, about how, uh, important it is which is a funny joke in and of itself and then the show ends up being like and now we have to, we go from boimler to uh, to the only prob- probably the only person who's more important than him in the history of starfleet my chief miles o'brien <laughs> and then it yeah. just it cuts and it, it, gets, it cuts to like a hollow image of o'brien not even like doing anything on ds9 where he's a more important character but like him like running the, the transporter on on tng which got a pretty big uh, belly laugh out of me when I was watching it. Um, yeah, what about the other uh, the only other thing I would say about like something that I thought was really funny was I really and this is not a Star Trek specific thing, but I really thought that the episode with that weird dog that Tendy makes I thought that was <laughs> the really dog funny. was funny. Like, yeah, but um, so yeah, what about you? What was like the funniest? Uh, like, is there something that was really funny that we haven't already talked about that you just wanted to make sure? Trying to remember if there was got anything. mentioned as like a a good thing yeah i don't know that i remember anything else specifically I, I i liked in the in the one where they're on trial when like at the end where it turns out that they're just like this like darkly lit sinister place is just like an event center and they're like yeah. who's that like guy up there and he's like i don't even know that guy and the guy's like i'm just waiting for you to finish so i can set up it's my daughter's birthday yeah <laughs> Like, yeah, like for some reason that that style, like that sense of humor, like is is very funny. I think. Yeah, um, that was yeah. I did have to explain to Lisa at one point who Trip Tucker is, and was kind of had to take a moment to think about like was he supposed to be the like attractive one in Enterprise? Because there's a point where they are talking about another character and they're just like, oh, he's like, you know, the, 
like if Kirk and Riker and Tucker were all combined into one person, and I was just like, really, Tucker would be the one from from that show, not uh, not Archer. Yeah, who I guess is like, I mean, is definitely the bigger, better known actor at that point. But yeah, um, yeah, I, it's actually you know if if I had like one little one one other like little complaint about the show is that like. So I think it's fine, the idea that because this this show basically codifies the idea that the sh- the 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 ships that we see shows about are famous, like like that that basically like the reason yes. why there are at shows least, about at least them. like enterprises for sure. Yeah, well, but they talk about they talk about DS Nine a little bit, and they talk about Voyager a little bit too, and and you mentioned they talk about Tucker, uh, but. I guess he's on an, he's on an Enterprise ship as well, but like um, they kind of this is like codified that like basically the reason why there are shows about them is that they do kind of have more happen to them that's eventful than like yeah the, and it, the I typical think they make this joke more than once of that it happens roughly once a week um, yeah um, and uh, I, oh, I so I will say though that like while I enjoyed that that like joke a lot of the time like I kind of did. Like the the part of me that is like a very like kind of like inclusive like I love Star Trek I just like I like uh, Star Trek stuff like I did want them to kind of throw a little bit more DS Nine and Voyager uh, stuff in there because it did kind of feel like they were they were going pretty heavy on especially original series and TNG like I think there's like one yeah. or two episodes where like they 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 mention like there's one there's one <laughs> there's one episode where they're all trying to make their own sounds for what different uh, ambient ship noises sound like. <laughs> And so, yeah. I, I, in that, like one of them is talking about this is what Voyager sounds like, and this is what uh, Enterprise sounds like, and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, DS Nine uh, didn't really get a lot other than like yeah, like like that that very brief mention of like the Dominion not being real or, or whatever. Um, the, uh, in two, like you know, I think I, uh, you you the listener will hear this after after this episode but in, in the previous episode we recorded which is coming out uh i think uh in november um i was kind of talking about how i've kind of really flipped on on ds9 and i really like it a lot now and i was looking up uh there i don't think there's been a character from ds9 who has appeared in anything after ds9 left the air uh, hmm. and and it, it's so. kind of bummed me out because I because I really have kind of grown to really yeah. like those characters, and so yeah. I, I, I mean, I know I they had see... like crossovers with other shows, but I guess it would have been at the same time that the show was still airing. Yeah, like Quark is in the pilot of um, yeah, of Voyager, and then, I think yeah, Bashir there's like, there's shows like... up in an episode of Voyager too, or one of um. No, he's in um. Well, he might, but he's he's in an episode of TNG. Or is he in TNG? Bashir. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, Cork is in an episode of T- that, that same episode of TNG that mm-hmm. that Bashir is in as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, and so was, and so you know, seeing that and then like seeing how they really are kind of I think in the in the the CBS Axis era they really are mining um, their connection to TNG in particular. You know, yeah, like, like, like Riker and Troy have and, like, been in pretty much every series by this point. Yeah, and and even like you know Data shows up. And Brent Spiner and other forms shows up in in Picard, uh, 
and, and you know, obviously like Q, which, who Q is like on Voyager and DS9 too, but Q is ultimately like a a TNG character, you know, being in the show. And so I was kind of like, oh, I hope that, I hope that like, you know, Cisco or somebody like pops up at some point, like in a, like, like they, like those characters deserve that as well. Like, yeah. I, I think, but um, yeah, anyway, anyhow, um, but yeah, a very minor complaint. I, I really liked the show. Can't wait for it to come back. Um, I am trying now to finish season two of Discovery so I can watch along season three because season three starts this upcoming week. Like the the week that this episode uh, airs will be the first episode of season three of Discovery. So I'm going to try to get current with that. Um, I don't think we'll probably do a special about that unless you decide to watch all of uh, Discovery and then finish watching season three like when it finishes which i'm not asking you to do if you if you did it i would i would do the show with you but you know it's not that that, that I, I think we are going to try to kind of do specials like when the new star trek things come out but yeah since season one and i think maybe even season two both aired in full or in part before we started doing the show at all like that's kind of you know right. a different kettle of fish um then than the shows that are coming out like during the run of our, of our podcast. But yeah, we'll, we'll see, but pro- probably not. I wouldn't expect it, but you know, you never know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really have a lot to say other than that. Yeah. If this is really good, I, I would definitely recommend watching it. If you like nineties Trek at all. Oh, and I, sorry, I, I keep on thinking of like one other, one other thing, one other thing. Uh, the uniforms on this show look great. Uh, what I, I don't know how you felt about that, but I, I actually think that like one of the things that I do like about the CBS Laxis era is that I think that generally speaking, like their uniform games for all the shows are pretty on point. Like hmm, mm-hmm. even the even the uh, even the kind of the very brief amount that we see like the Starfleet uniforms on Picard, I think they're like kind of cool. Like they kind they're kind of like a sort of reversion back to like the, like the Voyager era uniform. Um, and these on this show are like a version of the TNG uniform, but I actually think they look, the Kim and I were talking about this. Like, I actually think they look better than the TNG uniforms. Cause they've got like a little bit more, they're, they're more, a little bit more form fitting. They're like less rumpled, but they also like have a little bit more, they have like this kind of like cool, like white stripe on them. And then they have like kind of a, uh, I don't even know what like that word would be, but like they, they have like kind of like a, uh, rather than being like all like, like a pullover, like all one piece thing, they kind of like have a, a fastened like line to them that kind of like goes over to like the, the, uh, the left side of the body like it looks it looks really nice i really like the way they look uh it is like just like i think like aesthetically overall like a pretty fun little show it's it's very like yeah. you know rick and morty in terms of like the character models and stuff but like i, I it's, it's a fun show to like look at and watch too but yeah, i like the uniforms a lot um in this uh but um yeah I don't know, any uniform thoughts or, or not really <laughs> no I, it's not something i end up i remember noticing Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I just, I just, I just, I just really, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed these uniforms, and I was, you know, watch watching season two right now of Discovery, and seeing yeah. like the, the their their version of like the Enterprise of the original series uniforms, which I think look 
they do a really good job with those as well. And I think even like the Discovery uniforms themselves are like pretty decent. So yeah, I do think that like that's something that CBL Access has locked in pretty well is they have good good Star Trek uniforms. But um, yeah, well, unless you have anything else, I think we're probably uh, good to go um, for this episode. And yeah, well, this is this is an off off week, so I have another one this upcoming Sunday. Um, you know, thank you everybody for listening. You know, if you if you, this is if this is your first uh, time tuning in, uh, like 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 we said, this is uh, a show where usually it's a little bit more edited than this, and also a little shorter. And we kind of talk about one episode of Star Trek, kind of randomly uh, selected, you know, from all seven hundred some, and uh, they come out every other Sunday. So if you uh, you know you can you can go visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com, or you can. Follow us on Twitter at contracts, or you can email us at contracts or uh, at, at sorry at outofcontracts uh, at gmail.com. Um, and uh, yeah, those are you know all good places. And then yeah, just you can or you can just subscribe to us on a podcast app like a normal person uh, is is also an okay thing to do. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's all that we have though uh, this time. So but yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Yeah, thanks everybody. <laughs>